and welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas, and we'll give your story a shout-out in a subsequent episode. Guess the correct location of our mystery picture challenge and gain three entries into our grand prize drop. For one thing, I really hope that we don't have any mystery pictures, and for another, man, that's a terrible name. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's a proper name for it, but based on a quick Google, that's what it's called. It's like you take a picture and then you only show a corner of it and then you make people guess where you are. I didn't say that it wasn't the name. I just said that it was a terrible name. I mean, it's a terrible challenge, too. I've never participated in one because it's stupid, but... I think that even just seeing one of those makes me irrationally angry so i can't really say that i'm much better when it comes to that yeah but if we make it like a virtual location a virtual location then you don't have to like know places just have to know how to yeah but that's extremely confusing just like, have you to know just a virtual location be able to reverse image search or something <laughs> i guess or that would certainly be a decision to be made or maybe yeah maybe we should just start putting really complex background images on all the pages on our website and then show a little snippet of one of them and then but what if we had what if for example one of us has a dolly subscription and we just put in uh, something really stupid that they can't find anywhere else on the internet uh, what subscription the AI that makes uh, disturbingly photorealistic images of whatever you type into it. Uh, I mean, it's gotta be like a, like a, what's it called? Like a Where's Waldo? Like, find find this Waldo. Yeah, what I'm saying oh. is, what if Waldo doesn't exist? We say, Where's Waldo? And the answer is nowhere on this page. Oh, that's one of the really evil things I wanted to do, is to commission a Where's Waldo with no Waldo. Just see how many people I could trap staring at it for a long time. I, I see. That's certainly a decision. I'm such a bad person. Thanks, Eunice. Which uh, should probably bring us to introductions. Well, hi. I guess. Hi, guys. My name's Eunice, the author of uh, Fantasia and Eternal Source. And my hobby is doing diabolical things that aren't entirely morally re- reprehensible, such as <laughs> commissioning Where's Waldo artwork with no Waldo in the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's certainly something. Oh, uh, I'm Aphio, author of Rune and Metagame, and. You know, I've got like 90% of another book out. Uh, that one's going to be released under a different name again. Uh, this one because it's existentially horrifying. Um, so, you know, it doesn't go under this name. That, that one goes under the other name. I mean, I constantly write existentially horrifying things. <laughs> Not really in the same way. No. Like, you write things that are existentially horrifying if you, like, think about them too deeply, where I just spent about six pages... Uh, Describing a feeling that, like, doesn't really exist, and my editor made me cut it down from ten. Well... Uh, not because it was going too long, but because they were grossed out. It was too horrifying. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it wasn't really a horror story, so it's well, fair. Okay. 
I still don't see why you're completely keeping them separate. Like, I understand having different pen days for different, like, styles, but, like, this is, like, this is so crazy that you don't want to, like, cross-contaminating. It's weird. Always, always. Look, if people figure out the names, then, uh, I won't confirm them. I'll actually vehemently deny them, even if you're right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you have figured out Atheo's other pen names, email us. <laughs> exactly. That way Eunice can see it. Uh, maybe she catches the email before I do. Uh, we both know I don't <laughs> check the email. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Well, this week, right. it's your turn. It is my turn. And, uh, you know, usually I'm against fantasy tropes and stuff like that, right? You are? Not like tropes tropes, but like genre conventions that I don't really understand. Yeah. Like the, uh, for example, at least, the whole the magic is leaving the world thing, where like old magic is always better than new magic, not a fan. However, what if instead of magic leaving the world, it's that the older magic is, the more powerful it is. And that's just a fundamental fact of something. So if you lay an enchantment on something tomorrow, it'll just get stronger until that item breaks. Oh, until the magic's too strong for the item? No, no, no. The magic, like, well, I mean, it kind of depends, right? Because if the magic reinforces the item, then it just keeps getting stronger. Okay, then what's breaking the magic? Nothing's breaking. It's just that new magic is always worse than old magic, just fundamentally. Well, I mean, I don't know. That seems like... Wouldn't the world just get overloaded with enchantments and stuff? Nothing ever wears off? I mean, not necessarily, because anything that doesn't, like, reinforce the item it's on as one of its, like, primary features is going to break the item eventually. Yeah, but would you be left with just, like, extremely magical, uh, debris? <laughs> Article? I would say no, that if the item breaks, the enchantment breaks, but, I mean, you could if you really wanted to go with extremely magical debris because then we can like get all get all sciency with it where it's like okay well this this was a rock and then it was enchanted and then over time it became sediment and then it became sedimentary rock and then it was sedimentary rock made of extremely powerful enchanted particles and it got enchanted again and it went through a million cycles of this and now it's just magic dust <laughs> I don't really think that you could do much with with magic dust though well but it well it depends on what the the original enchantment was I guess if it was like some kind of like healing item then maybe it's just turned into an elixir of immortality <laughs> oh that's how you make healing potions <laughs> just magic dust from like 200 years ago <laughs> you take you know strong in healing items and then you grab healing potions are like are like wines there's like yeah this is vintage 200 uh, so now oh there's an entire industry of upcycling uh, old uh, enchanted items exactly because you can only okay let's make a roll you can only lay one enchantment on an item but if you remake it into a different item then it could be enchanted again <laughs> well, yeah, but then it loses its its magic from before, so... Except if... if Maybe not all of it? Yeah, like, if, it, if you 
if your new enchantment it only loses 90%. is related to the old enchantment, then there's synergy. It's only got a loss of 80% then. Yeah. I think it becomes... You know those games where like you have to combine three items to make the next tier of item, and then five of those, and then... If you do the math, you're needing like 10,000 items to make the highest tier of whatever. It's like that. I am aware of these, <laughs> yes. It'll be like that. Because we have to find a way, otherwise like people would just like never destroy these items and just wait for them to age and get stronger and then there'd just be too much magic everywhere. So it has to be some kind of like, what do you call it? Sometimes they just break. Yeah. I mean, that was my assumption at least. That, like, if the enchantment isn't, like, perfectly done, it just breaks. The item or the enchantment? Well, the item. Not, like, instantly, necessarily. But, like, the enchantment breaks with it. Okay, well, what makes it perfect? Uh, very careful inscription in the correct form. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, if you're discovering a new enchantment, you won't actually know if you get it wrong until, like, 20 years later when your, um, magic rock of... Of seeking suddenly explodes when you throw it to uh, go find somebody. Okay, so you throw the rock and it goes in the direction of the thing you're looking for. <laughs> yep, the rock of seeking. It ends up hitting the thing you're looking for. <laughs> Oops, sorry. I mean, <laughs> if you're using the rock of seeking to find something that's easily breakable with a rock, that's your own fault. <laughs> I just find that hilarious. <laughs> It's like if you th- if you throw the rock of seeking and you go the window, I mean, yeah, you broke the window. Good job. But it's like let's say you're just looking for a lost dog and you throw it and you're like, oh, sorry, doggy. Oops, ow. Maybe don't use the rock of seeking to find a dog. But what if it's your only seeking item? <laughs> then maybe you should have. Throwing the Rock of Seeking when it was far enough away that it wasn't going to hit the dog. How are you supposed to know how far away the lost item is? I don't know, by like, looking around? Okay, well just, you know, throw it, throw it gently when you feel like you're close. (laughs) Oh man. Okay, now I'm just thinking of critical incidents where people thought it was really far away, so they threw it as hard as they could, but it was actually really close. In another error, using the seat, using the rock of seeking, we have discovered that unfortunately a parent has killed their child. Oh, oh no. Okay, well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, there must be some kind of like geometric rules to rune shapes and inscriptions. I guess that there are some rules, yeah. They may not be, like, perfectly understood, but they're known well enough. You know, and then people get pretty good at using their calipers to make things right. I mean, yeah, but then it just needs to sit around for 20 years. <laughs> uh, okay, so, I mean, I guess if you're going to be into this item-making business, it's more of a, like, generational thing where, like, you make stuff, but you're selling the stuff that your grandparents made. Well, some stuff your grandparents made, some stuff your parents made. You know, there are different turnaround times on different items. Everything's got to be aged. It's like making wine. Exactly. Everything has its uh, year of manufacture on it. It's like, 
Oh, your magic item is from 400? Well, I have a, I have a 100 here. <laughs> okay, so like, let, it's like there are like runes, and they kind of like attract magic, and magic like sticks to them over time, or something. It's not really possible to view the magic, at yeah. least. Because that would make, you know, skipping steps here a lot easier. So I, I, I didn't want to disallow it. No, you can't see it. That's just the theory of... I'm going to call it accretion. I think that's a word. Yeah. I'm going to call it that. <laughs> um, and then... Yeah, no, yeah, I would say broken items, you can grind them up and, and use them for, like, little, little, little extra oomph. Oomph to your new items. It kickstarts you a little bit. And, you know, you know, just to have an excuse to have glitter everywhere, which is hilariously irritating. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't find it that irritating. I just like glitter. Yeah, it's, it's neat. It's neat where it, it, when it stays where it's supposed to be. And then there's... Just make sure you clean it up after it goes where it's not supposed to be. And you'll be fine. Everywhere. People just breathing it in. Getting lung injuries. Magical. I mean... I wouldn't recommend breathing it in. But then I don't recommend breathing in most solids. Yeah. But... That's usually just a a bad idea. People don't usually keep dust particles around for decorative purposes. Other than glitter. <laughs> I mean, you could have, like, glitter that's much larger flakes than is typical. Yeah. So it would be easy to uh, notice and not really fly up like dust. Yeah, but at what point is it no longer glitter and just confetti? <laughs> I mean, there's an actual answer to that, but it's, it's complicated, so okay. we're just going to skip it. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, so, I mean, this, this world sort of generates, um, at the very least, like, an upper class of people who can afford to have the very expensive, very old, uh, magic items. I mean, honestly, it's probably, like, they just lucked out because they had a couple that went through the generations and it turned out they were etched correctly and didn't break, whereas the other guys... Didn't. What part of what part of this goes against what I said? Well, it's not really about affording them. Like people don't even sell like they don't even sell them when they're that valuable. I mean, people would definitely sell them. I don't know. It's like it depends on what level of power we're talking about these items having. Because it's like if if just owning like this one item of power can like. Well, I would say that like twenty years can get you a sword that. That is on fire. But if you want, like, a sword that calls down lightning from the, from the heavens, you're looking at 100 years plus. Yeah. So, like, those ones can't buy because just having it in your family makes you basically a noble. Because if people want to contest that, they'd have to fight you. <laughs> I see, I see. So, you know. Maybe there's an Excalibur in this world. Uh... Just, like, a really old sword that somebody enchanted. Uh, also, Excalibur wasn't, like, magical. No, but... It was just a really good sword. I mean, I mean, it was, like, a... As Arthur in, had enchanted weapons, but Excalibur was not one of them. No, no, I just mean one that's stuck in a stone. 
Oh, that okay. someone special is gonna be able to get out, but otherwise stuck in a stone. That, that's the only enchantment on the sword, is that someone special is gonna be able to pull it out of the stone. It's the most powerful enchantment ever, just to keep it stuck in the stone. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not just to keep it stuck in the stone, it's a supernatural <laughs> test of worthiness. Yeah. And over time, it just got stronger, and, and fewer and fewer people were qualified. And everyone's like, okay, it's too strong. Obviously, there are no longer any conditions under which anyone can free it. Except we create a very atypical main character. That would be really funny. Just like, we're pretty sure that you're the last person who's ever going to be able to pull that sword out of that stone. It's like, um, don't put it back in the stone, okay? Because <laughs> it's never coming out Nobody of actually knows it, but on the inside of the stone is an enchantment that when the wielder of the sword dies, it teleports the sword back in. <laughs> okay, well, um, what? And then over time, the stone that the sword is stuck in has become an impenetrable shield. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Nothing but the sword can <laughs> penetrate it. Oh no. So then the wielder of the sword has a otherwise fairly ordinary sword. But uh, <laughs> by carrying the rock around. <laughs> invincible. <laughs> like, the only enchantment on the sword is that you can't break the sword. Yeah. Same thing about the rock. But uh, the rock is fairly large. Can... Uh, I would assume the rock is large enough that most people aren't going to bother moving it. I feel like it they have, like, has to be, I don't know, it has to be more useful than just, like, an indestructible sword. Because people are like, okay, cool. But, uh... Well, I mean, you know, it's been a supernatural test of worthiness for hundreds of years, so it's kind of culturally ingrained. Okay. <laughs> you respect the person who can pull the sword out of the stone. Or maybe it has a, a bunch of other enchantments that are like likewise like not particularly useful but are like impressive so it can shine in the darkness and uh an aura of charisma yeah it can it can give you that like light halo thing where like the one beam of sunlight bursts through the clouds just to hit you and nobody else it can like just it doesn't actually improve anything you're saying but it forces people to pay attention to you <laughs> it makes it makes you yeah it makes you sound better carry just a little bit no further. it doesn't it doesn't make you sound better but it does make you carry okay <laughs> uh and uh we said not very useful enchantments <laughs> oh, okay and uh other superficial things like uh maybe it repels dirt on your clothing. <laughs> Actually, that's really useful. It, but <laughs> it repels dirt on your clothing. No. But it does cast an illusion over you of exactly what you are, but without any dirt on you. So you still get dirty. You just don't look dirty. Wow. Honestly, it's like, that's actually a more complex enchantment with less benefit that they just exactly. went for. Exactly. <laughs> Cause that's what makes it great. Let's just troll them because why not? <laughs> Maybe it originally did keep you clean, but then you know, the enchantment got more powerful. Okay. Uh, so it had to use that power somewhere, you know. Um. So what? The main character is now the chosen one. Dealing with the shitty sort of uselessness. 
uh, as the chosen one or whatever. As the chosen one. It's like exactly. all the legends about the sword. It's like, I mean, his powers are described and they're not wrong, but you know, it gave the impression of being way more useful than they actually are. You know, when I read about these powers in a book, they seemed pretty great, but now that I'm dealing with them... Yeah, it's like, this sucks. <laughs> you can't turn off the forcing people to pay more attention to you thing? <laughs> oh no. Um, maybe the person tries to throw it out in frustration, but it always returns to its owner. <laughs> <laughs> As, as soon as you're no longer in contact with it, it's like in your hand. And you're like, ugh, can't even get rid of it. Follows me around. Can't even take a- I mean, it would be a neat trick to like hold your hand out flat and then the, the hilt of the sword is in your, in your palm regardless. Oh yeah. Okay. It's like a parlor trick. Exactly. It's the sort of parlor tricks that you absolutely hate. And they were just like, who made this, and why? <laughs> the answer is, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> now, my question is, why did our main character even try to pull the sword? I don't know, maybe it's just tradition. It's like, why not? You know? Everyone just wanders over. Maybe they were on, like, a field trip or a, or a trip with their parents or something. And it's like, it's become like a tourist attraction, you know? You just, exactly! You take, you pose for a picture in front of it, give it a tug, and then you move on. And then... Exactly, because it's stuck in the stone. It's not like you're going to pull it out or anything. That enchantment is stuck. And it's like, oops. Uh, so that came out. <laughs> uh, nobody... They don't even, like, have to try. It just comes... As soon as they touch it, it actually jumps out of the yeah. stone because that enchantment's gotten stronger too. And it's like, uh, sorry about your tourist attraction. I think I just took it. Can't give it back. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you can't give it back? I mean, I can't. Like, puts the sword on the table, brings their hands back, it's in their hand. Yeah, this is me throwing it away. You can actually use it as a boomerang if you want, because, uh... <laughs> if you physically throw yeah. it away, it'll just zoom back. Yeah, exactly. You got the boomerang sword. That's super useful. And then, you know, the first time that happened, they're like, Oh, how do I catch a sword that's coming at me at this speed? Uh, duck. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps coming at your hand until you catch it. There's like... Thankfully, they also enchanted it so that the sword can't hurt its owner, because otherwise <laughs> they would have decapitated themselves after the first, the first go Multiple around. times. <laughs> Instead, they just like get like like knocked over, but they're fine. The the whole the sword can't hurt its wielder thing got so strong to the point where you can like slash your arm and heal it. Oh, yeah, maybe it got so strong that you can stab yourself to heal other wounds or something. Exactly. Ooh. Okay, it's like, oh, well, at least that one got useful a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of, man, this would be way more useful if it was less powerful. <laughs> oh, oh, no, we should, like, t 
turn all of its enchantments up to 11 and make it ridiculous. Like Yeah, exactly. Uh, it used to be able to shoot a beam of fire, and now it shoots like a straight-up beam of plasma that goes through anything within a certain range. Well, it used to be a beam. Now it's more like a, a wave. With, oh, with no like lower like you can't weaken it so it's like well i could destroy this whole area or not cast a spell those are my two options <laughs> <laughs> it's like why are you using the sword's magic powers uh do you want me to kill us all well except for me i wouldn't die you all would it's uh yeah it's not great with the directionality it kind of just Radiates destruction in all directions. Uh, I'm wondering what other uh, traits it should have that are just like blown up to absolutely ridiculous degrees, but you know. Maybe. That's half the fun of this. Uh, before, like, it, it could be used to like swear oaths so that when you were like touching it, you couldn't lie. But now it just has this like blanket effect that you can't lie within like a kilometer of it which causes everyone a lot of trouble (laughs) (laughs) maybe you are able to like swear oaths on it so that the uh, owner of it knows whenever that oath is broken but now it's like if you swear an oath on it like the the owner can like straight up teleport to you And it's like, ah, so if you break a promise, I can teleport to you. And that is not useful because I don't actually get an option. I just teleport to you. <laughs> and you get smited, whether I want to smite you or not. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse. Oh, no. Okay. Well, sounds like we've made a lot of trouble for our main character. It's my favorite kind. Yeah, exactly. Some mischief. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to throw them in into like an adventuring party in like a modern day ish setting now. Okay. So like, so like essentially, it's like a modern day setting, right? Uh, except the monsters still spawn, and there's still like weird dungeony areas that are, you know, castles that were enchanted to summon their own guards, and at this point. <laughs> Have uh, way out outlived their usefulness, but also gotten way stronger. Okay. So they constantly need to be kept in check or destroyed, except that they're extremely difficult to destroy. Yeah. Okay. It would be funnier if this person has unlocked an extremely magical sword in an era that nobody uses swords anymore. It's also, like, designed for, like, you know, the one and only king or whatever. In a world that doesn't have monarchies anymore. (laughs) (laughs) The only monarchies that exist are constitutional. You have no power here. And it's just like, it's trying to enforce like these like knights of the, of the king, whatever. It's like, there's no system. There's definitely an artifact of the government that is called the knights, but like, they're not. (laughs) Yeah. They're not really a fighting force. No, it's just. So much as a bureaucratic one. So it's just, like, trying to enforce all of these, like, you know, roles and stuff that, like, don't exist anymore and and causing a lot of trouble. Uh, But you can't go against it because it's, like, the oldest artifact in existence. (laughs) Oh, no. It sounds like you're trying to make it, like, an intelligent artifact that's having culture shock. Kind of. 
like the the person who who enchanted it had very specific ideas. Maybe the person who enchanted it like was like someone who got like way into like uh into like you know the heroic tales and stuff and like made it even more ridiculous than like the actual form of uh, government at the time and I'm just like uh oh so you're just enforcing like stereotypes that actually aren't even historical <laughs> the, the stereotypes at the time yeah you're just like wow this i'm just in a really bad historical romance novel now <laughs> a bad historical romance novel that was written at the time as a bad contemporary romance novel <laughs> yeah you're just like even better and then you're just like so you're saying the the most powerful enchanter known to to humanity was just a huge fan of romance stories. I guess novels weren't even real back then. They're like, yep, yes. Does that surprise you? <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, oh man. Uh, and you know, at the time, everyone was honestly like relieved that nobody could pull the stone. Um, well, no, people could pull it at first. That, that's the entire premise, you know. Oh, I guess. Is that originally people could pull it every, you know, 100 or so years. Not even 100 or so years. Like, every 50 or so years, someone would be able to pull it. Uh, but everyone who did, you know, really regretted it. <laughs> I mean, they didn't at the time. All the powers were much weaker then and weren't problematic. No, that's true. That's the whole setup. Is that it used to not be a problem, and now it very much is. <laughs> Well, I guess, like, you know, people thought it was, like, somewhat, it had its quirks, but they were, like, worth it for the benefits. Exactly. But now it's, like, definitely not worth it. Put it back. Uh, I can't put it back. Oh, darn it. (laughs) Man, that's that's so much worse. Can we ever get rid of it? Uh, If we had an artifact of equal power, we definitely could. Do we have an artifact of equal power? No. No. (laughs) I mean, maybe some of those dungeons that are around. It's like, well, I mean, it'll go back when this person dies. (laughs) Would you like to try dying temporarily? (laughs) However, you know, the the sword makes it very hard for the wielder to die of anything but old age. Um, <laughs> pretty good with the invulnerability <laughs> thing at this point. <laughs> yeah, we just have to find a way to kill you where we can bring you back three seconds later. Um, and the sword has to acknowledge it as a death and allow you to die. Um... Look, it's very complicated, and we don't think we can kill you for for the amount of time to make this worth it. How about you just deal with having a sword for the rest of your life? Oh, boy. Okay, well, it's like the one in the... What's it called? The King Return? What is that Arthurian title? But in a world where there are no kings anymore. Yeah, I don't know what it would really be called. I, I feel like, you know... As you're writing it, you come up with a title. Depends on the direction you want to go. Something pretentious and capitalized. 
or something not pretentious, but still capitalized because that's how titles work. And then, you know, you can, like, make your main character, like, really, um, almost, like, generically heroic in a way that would be unrealistic, except for the fact that the sword specifically picks for those traits, so it it is realistic. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I appreciate, I appreciate when there's an explanation for how the ridiculous (laughs) circumstances in a star. Generic hero number 476. It's like, wow, like, this person just looks very heroic, hero-like in a really generic way, just very tall... With the those like piercing blue eyes that people like, very see. tall, generically attractive. Uh, you know, not generically attractive. It's a very specific form of attractive that the culture has generated as a generically attractive. A very stereotypically attractive is what I mean, not generically. Stereotypically, yeah. uh, just like to the max. It's just like it's like. Wait a minute! I didn't think anyone like that really existed. This is. This is ridiculous. It's like, well, well, you know, that's the problem <laughs> is that nobody assumed that that existed. But uh, you know, if enough people are born, uh, somebody's gonna have those traits. Statistically, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like the the hero is actually, you know, well-meaning, would like to use the sword for good and all the idealistic stuff that heroes are supposed to have. You know, if it was an option. <laughs> Uh, probably, uh, has a, a good or a successful romantic life, but, uh, the sword kind of is turning that up to 11 too, cause, you know, <laughs> the enchanter was weird like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not yeah, having... The sword just has a bunch of powers and nobody really ever bothered to catalog them all because some of them were so weak that you could barely notice them and this was hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Also, it was hundreds of years ago, and this is a world where magic just gets stronger over time. Yeah. I mean, you know, back then... So all those, like, tiny generic enchantments that barely did anything are now horrifying laws of reality for the person who's stuck with the sword. Yeah. Like, back then, if some really heroic-looking person, like, you know, was successful with the ladies or whatever, you wouldn't... And necessarily be like, well, that's obviously magic. It would just be like, well, that that seems normal. But uh, now it's like, okay, well, this is heading into brainwashing category, and I'm I'm not comfortable. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is too much. How do I turn it down? Do we need a magic blocking sheath? Does it come with a magic blocking sheath? It must. No. It doesn't come no. with a sheath. It, it gets more. Wait, wait, wait. The, the passive properties of the sword get stronger when it's sheathed. What? <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. Because it doesn't have to run the active enchantments anymore, so turn the passive ones up. That seems mean. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I would be down for it, though. Oh, no. How, how is that? How do you even live with this thing if it's being that annoying? <laughs> I mean, that's the entire point of what we're doing here, right? Is that you can't really live with it. I mean, I enjoy causing trouble for my characters, but not, like, unmanageable trouble. We need to... <laughs> they, they need to figure out how to manage it. Yeah, they do. They eventually pick up a bunch of other uh, magic items that, you know, for other people, these would be curses. But <laughs> for this person... Okay, I'm just gonna neutralize the... Okay. 
So you pick it's up... the quest to find and apply all the curses to yourself. <laughs> okay, so they need to find a curse that makes them, like, disgustingly unattractive to everyone, and a curse that <laughs> negates fire, and... <laughs> exactly. Okay. The quest for curses. The quest to reach normality through, through cursing. <laughs> Powerful curses. Uh, You're just stacking powerfully magical cursed artifacts on yourself to try and negate the effects of the one magic sword. I love it, actually. Okay, so then... And then the sword is happy because they're just like... it's it, they're, they're finding and removing curses from the world. Exactly. They're going on this adventure that matches the, it, the what it wants the hero to do. Exactly. But the hero is just trying to cancel out the sword. It works out well for everyone. Yay! Except for the hero who's constantly stuck on a quest for their entire life. I mean, you know, I feel like once you get the first three three main things toned down, it, it's life becomes... It's no longer better. existentially horrifying, so you just go out every, every uh, year or so to uh, cancel one more lightly annoying property of the sword. Yeah. You know, like, what? At, at least once you cancel out the one that just makes everybody you see fall in love with you. Like, after that, you know, it's smooth sailing. <laughs> oh, no. Smoother sailing. Smoother sailing. At least there aren't, like, hordes of, of people just chasing you all the time. You know? <laughs> oh, no. It's so mean. It's so I didn't make it that strong, but, you know... If you want to go that far, you definitely can. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe not hordes, but maybe it's like the longer someone spends in your presence, the stronger it gets, so it's like you gotta be a loner a bit until you get that settled down. Uh, I would make it more subtle, uh, even if I would make it very strong. Yes. But, the, 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 yeah, it is subtle, because like it doesn't, it's not like obvious like brainwashing, because then people would notice. It's more like it just makes you notice the person's admirable qualities that you would admire anyways. But, like, it makes you notice some more. Ooh, hate it, hate it, hate it. At the same time, I love it, you know, but I hate it. It's, like, it's really good. Like, it's really good, high-quality magic made for a trashy romance novel, which is what makes it worse. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Honestly, I think we have a good setup here, just straight out. You know how, like, I have, like, self-inserts in all my stories? Like, I definitely, this I'm, not work. I'm the enchanter in this story. It's <laughs> 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 so, like, what would I do to trouble my hero? <laughs> I mean, that's not really, it wasn't designed to trouble the hero. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, how would I bless my chosen one to the point of, you know, ridiculousness? <laughs> It's not a it's not a problem for the first six hundred years of the sword's existence. Yeah, and then it spent two hundred years in the stone, and then somebody spilled it out again. You're like, oh, why shouldn't have done that? Ooh. Exactly. Okay. Why did we make this tourist attraction again? Because nobody could pull it out for two hundred years. Uh, I'm not sure if that makes it better. It's a really good photo op. It's a it's a it's a good looking sword, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it it kind of uh, is required to be actually by the enchantments. Yeah, and and also like uh, it, uh, they couldn't use the land for anything else, 
because you can't uproot the stone that the sword is in. So it was really only... You, you know, could, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> we had to use it for something. And frankly, this was the most profitable version of that we could come up with. Yay. All right. I mean, I, I like it. We've got a whole setup here. You can tell an entire story off of this. It's uh, pretty, pretty funny. Okay. Exactly. Well, if you like this story, write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you want to take it in a completely different direction, I mean, that's totally fine. would make sense, but I think we've got a pretty funny setup here, so, you know, it's your loss. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be a guest on our show, it's uh, guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. We'd appreciate it if you could rate or review us on whichever podcast platform you're dealing with. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you.